This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, as always, at 800-259-9231. Of course, if you would like to share what you're thankful for today, you're always welcome to do so at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Well, you know, as usual, there's a lot to talk about. Of course, your phone calls are the primary element if you make them. But we should start, I think, with sort of the traditional story that we always do on Thanksgiving. And you know what? We're the only, probably the only syndicated radio show that's live on Thanksgiving. So I think we can get away with doing the same old story. Actually, it's, I think it's a different version of the same old story. I, I would agree, and um, you know, I, I was listening to the radio today, and all it was is a bunch of recorded stuff. From earlier in the week yep. or something. In some, cases, in some cases, from before the election. That's how are weird we it was. Are we on the radio tonight as well? We are live on the radio tonight, yes. Okay. So, uh, thanks to... Uh, Thank you to the uh, the board operator who came in from the Genesis Communications Network and uh, is sitting in there on his Thanksgiving uh, day to taking time out of his, I guess, schedule with whatever he might have had planned to come do the show. So we'll be uh, be compensating him later. Anyway, 800-259-9231. We will get to the story about Thanksgiving, the true story that they don't tell you in government school about Thanksgiving, the, the real story. We'll get to that. But first, your phone calls unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? Alex from New Jersey. Alex, what's on your mind tonight? I was uh, told by my father that I am a very gullible person when I told him that uh, the Free State Project members would come to your house and help you move in if you post on the forum. He (laughs) told me that I shouldn't trust them and that they're Internet people and that they're scary and that they could steal my stuff. Yeah, that's really paranoid. That's uh, that, well, that, I suppose that it's uh, possible. Know, I suppose it's possible, and you know, when you have a child, a child's important to you, and this whole stranger danger thing yeah. can get <laughs> you can get really wrapped up in it. But I, I swear <laughs> they're not gonna. Um, we, you know, people helped us move in that I, we had never met before. I don't think anyone stole anything. No, I, I've never heard any allegations of anything being stolen. Plus, Plus there's okay. a factor that will prevent that. In that, when you when a bunch of people show up at your house. There's always somebody around somebody else. So people are bringing in boxes from a truck or from the back of your car or whatever. There's always somebody around. Nobody's opening boxes and rummaging through things to find valuables or anything like Plus, that. Plus, Alex, you're, uh, what, 18 years old? 17. 17. What do you got worth stealing? <laughs> uh, I've got a very large chunk of silver. Well, I, I assume you'll, be, you'll probably move that yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, keep that in the cab of the vehicle that oh, you're... Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you're not going to say, you know, have other people moving that around for you. So, I mean, yeah. I, you know, what, what, I don't this know. is this. Well, it's this negative somebody, view of somebody humanity. Co- somebody wants your 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 beanbag chair, right? It, it, well, know? it makes sense. I mean, you've had arguments with your dad. As I recall from your uh, pre, uh, your past calls, you've had arguments with uh, your discussions at the Thanksgiving dinner table. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, anyway, as I recall, you've had uh, discussions with your father in the past, and he's he's pretty hard headed, I think, about the the whole liberty thing. So, and I can understand that one of the reasons for that is this common kind of uh, viewpoint, uh, this worldview that a lot of people have, and that is that you can't trust people, and that uh, people are bad folks, and you've got to be always looking over your shoulder at all times. And I think there's something to be said for being prepared for things like that to happen in life. And I think it's another thing to be paranoid about it. And it seems to me that the the quality of people that we're dealing with up here in New Hampshire 
is a very high caliber quality. That's right. not to say everybody is 100% trustworthy. You sure, should be you on your guard. You don't, absolutely can't. Don't whip out the bong in front of everybody that's moving in. Uh, but at the same time, these are really generally good people. Right. I went to a uh, barn raising over in uh, at Candia, I think it was Sunday, and I spent the day helping somebody put a barn up on their property without... You know, you know, without any kind of compensation, they gave me some soup, and it was mm-hmm. really, really, really good soup. But that's how it goes. I mean, that's around here, we help each other. And, and if if somebody was to uh, be spotted doing something like that, or be caught doing something like that, uh, it would it would not be good for them because word would spread pretty fast. I mean, we're talking about a movement of, of activists. We're talking about the Free State Project where liberty activists are all moving to New Hampshire, and many of them are getting together with one another, socializing and doing activism and hanging out and helping one another. And, man, there have been some instances, the occasional person who's, like, you know, taken some money from somebody on a loan and not paid it back, and they've been outed publicly, and their reputation's taken a hit as a result of that. So I don't imagine that... that uh, I don't think anybody would do something like that. I mean, if you're paranoid about it, well, what can you do, right? Oh, I'm not paranoid about it. Okay. I'm just, you know, I don't know how to explain to my father that not all people in the thanks world for your are bad. concern. I mean, I would just say thanks for your concern. I'll, you know, I'll take care of it. Well, <laughs> I think your father is making a mistake here because really, your father doesn't want you to move for the Free State Project. That's what my he wants. dad didn't want me to move for the Free State Project. He wanted either. you to stay in school, so yeah. do what he wanted you to do. So he's right? vilifying right. everybody in it. And that's that's a mistake from his uh, his standpoint and his goal. If his goal is to get you to stay around, he needs to incentivize you to do that. You know, so offer col- the college you want to go to. Is that the college that was be- on the table? The Great. I incentivized them by uh, saying that there are a lot of pharmaceutical companies in northern uh, Massachusetts, and I could move to uh, southern New Hampshire because they want me to work for a pharmaceutical company, which I kind of do too. But- Great. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Thank you guys perfect for solution. being on the air on Thanksgiving. Anything, too. anything you're thankful for that you want to share tonight? Free talk live. <laughs> Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's talk to Dave, listening to WAIS in Ohio. Hello, hey guys, Dave. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, Dave. Happy Thanksgiving hey, to happy you. Thanksgiving. Are you thankful for anything in particular? Free talk live too. Oh, that's <laughs> so easy. Come on, you got You can do better than that. And um, the. Free State Project, even though I'm not a member yet. Well, I think there are a lot of people that are out there that, uh, even though they aren't participants in the Free State Project, are watching very carefully. You know, perhaps they feel as though they need to stay where they are for family concerns, or maybe it's a health issue, uh, and they're watching carefully, and they're watching the activists, and in many cases, some of them are stepping up to help out financially. Uh, I know that, I think, Free Keen, my website, has a couple of contributors from uh, that are not in New Hampshire, and I'm certain that uh, other organizations, like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, are also getting contributions. <laughs> for people not in New Hampshire. I know we're going to have Sam from the Obscure Truth Network on soon to tell us about the new activist uh, fund, basically, that will be easily funded by people from around the world. So, and I, so. I heard something from a friend of mine last night. I didn't know about it. What's that? I'll have to do in research. But recently in Australia, a guy from Germany, a doctor, wanted to immigrate into Australia. And he had a eight-year-old son with Down syndrome, and they refused to do his immigration status because he had a child, and it would be taxing on their economy. Because oh, because geez. they have the uh, the socialized medicine down there, and they don't want to have to uh, you know because they create the socialized medicine. Now they have to exclude people from immigrating in. Right, if they have yes. children, that will be a burden on the system. But they amazing. But How compassionate. People did speak up for the kid and. 
they did allow his immigration status to come in. That does happen sometimes when the the light is shown on these cockroaches, these people that are uh, that are occupying the roles of government, calling themselves government. When enough media attention is uh, splayed out upon them, showing what they're doing and how they're hurting people, uh, like with the 83 year old woman Ajita Camargo out in Los An- or La-, La Quinta, who was being attacked by the code enforcement department, had she not gotten that press coverage, she may very well have ended up in a jail cell. So, right. I mean, thank goodness for uh, for what free level of media that we do have in this country. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate thanks, it. 800-259-9231. I mean, I wish we had more independent media out there, and I think we're starting to see it trend in that direction now thanks to the Internet. I mean, largely it's thanks to the Internet and the great people on there that we're here right now doing this show. So I think that eventually we're going to see more internet-based news media becoming more prominent i think i'm not sure how it'll all play out whether they'll get their own tv channels or or whatever to sort of uh, invade the old media but i think we're going to see that we're going to see convergence we're going to see different uh different forms of media out there available more often to more people and i think that's a good thing the old the old idea of the fcc licensing every single media entity is is almost completely a a, a bygone era and people in america talk about a free press and are you, you really the FCC telling um, you whether or not you can broadcast on uh, radio waves and uh, television waves. You've got a free press, really? Hmm, that's interesting. You've got an interesting idea of what a free press is. I was talking to a radio program director the other day, and he, he was lamenting you know, how the FCC had grown from its original purpose, which was to just sort of allocate the spectrum and be that kind of a managing entity. But now they do everything. Now they control so much, and it's just another example of typical government program just gone way out beyond what its original intentions were. 800-259-9231. This is the Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. You, as always, can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. We're live. It's Thanksgiving Day, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, Again, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got streams. Uh, They are broadband and dial-up flavors, as well as a webcam. You can get all that completely free at listen.freetalklive.com. That, again, listen.freetalklive.com. Looking for more liberty-oriented content to feed your ears with? Well, check out Bureaucrash's Podcrash, where your host, Zach Fix, provides an interesting, principled look at the issues. Listen in as uh, they discuss activism, market alternatives to government services, and cultural issues with liberty-minded thinkers, musicians, entrepreneurs, and activists. Part entertaining, part informative. Always pro-freedom at Bureaucrash.com. That's Bureaucrash.com. Sounds like... Uh, we may have Dave there. Dave in New York. Dave, going once. Hello, Dave. Can you hear me yet? We've got Can you, you Dave. Yet? What's on your mind? Okay, good. I have to say, nothing makes me feel more patriotic than the president pardoning a couple turkeys. I think <laughs> I'm right. going to turn in my rifles, I'm going to join up for national service, and I'm going to get a border crossing identification card. What do you think? I just think it's crazy. I mean, the, the whole idea that there are people sitting in jail cells around this country rotting away and having their lives ruined on consensual crime uh, charges like drug, so-called drug crimes, and this man's out there making a big joke about how he's pardoning a turkey. It's yeah. just disgusting. Well, I wanted to apologize if I was getting heated with you the other day on the whole uh, the fiat money issue. 
Um, That's all right. Don't worry about it. That's what we do for a living, man. All right. So go on. What else is on your mind tonight? Anything? Uh, nothing in particular. Anything I just kind of want to make a wise crack. Anything uh, in, in particular? Anything you're thankful for today? Well, I'm not in jail. How's that? It's a good place. To, it's better to be not in jail. I thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. I must say that I, I'm thankful to be able to be here on Thanksgiving uh, with my loved ones rather than sitting in a jail cell myself. So Certainly something to be thankful and, for. And, and I also plenty say of, plenty of uh, Thanksgivings myself in prison. And, yeah. You know, it's not that great. Does the food step up just a notch? Oh, yeah. Really? That they, they absolutely. The uh, <laughs> the guys in there will take uh, take take their job more seriously. Some of them. Enough Is that of right? Them, enough of them will take their job more seriously for Thanksgiving. They, How about that? They certainly give more food. Uh, they make their attempts. I mean, obviously, everything's kind of that bland stuff that you get in <laughs> prison. But you know. You know, one of the worst things about being in jail was the fact that the last meal you get is at like 4:30 in the afternoon. And the lights yeah. out doesn't happen until 11, and even after lights out happens, you're not getting to sleep right away, uh, especially if you're down in the holding areas where they're bringing people in and they're processing and there's doors opening and closing, and it's just you don't get sleep there. So <laughs> you have to go for hours and hours and right. hours without span, having eaten um, anything. Sometimes as long as 15 hours yeah. of not eating. <laughs> but, yes, between uh, between dinner or the you know the dinner time and the next morning. Yeah, absolutely. You're looking at uh, at least 13 hours. I swear jail's worse than prison. Um, you know, there, there's certainly advantages and disadvantages to both, but there's so little to do in jail. <laughs> what, what we ended up doing was uh, smuggling. They, they'd give you two cups with your meal. You'd get a milk and you'd get some sort of bug juice, right? <laughs> the Kool-Aid stuff. J- Jim and- Jones. What? Jim Jones. Jim Jones is what they call it. Well, it's what I heard it referred to. So, it's very clever. What I do is I dump one of them out. I mean, I dump, finish the milk or dump one out and then stow that in a place where they couldn't see it. And they wouldn't really count the cups too heavily when they would, uh, when they take them out again. So you could get away with sort of keeping a cup and using that for water. And then what I ended up uh, doing was sort of smuggling food in one of the cups. I would take like the pineapple from uh, from dinner and just like just take somebody else's that didn't want to eat theirs and put it in a cup and essentially hide that and then I'd have that before I went to bed. <laughs> it was it was uh, quite a nice luxury. Plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so again, thank you to everybody who uh, who helped out because if, I, if it wasn't for you guys making phone calls to the uh, the, the clerk or the jail when I was sitting in jail, uh, I I don't know if I would have gotten out as as soon as I did. I mean, maybe they were just trying to scare me with a weekend in jail and. Who knows what they were thinking, but I'm sure that all the phone calls and the activism uh, on your part, those of you listening, uh, I think that was a major factor. Sure didn't hurt. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very interesting as more people come up here to New Hampshire and continue to get active and more continue to come here and back up those who are the most active. I mean, these guys don't – I don't know if these government guys really know what's coming. I really don't. Do you? What do you think? Do you think they have any idea, Julia, what the what's coming? The only time I've ever really seen them react, uh, it's really blown up in their face. So maybe eventually they'll learn. It all, yeah, you're right. Everything they do blows up in their face. I mean, when Julia was running for office back in 2007, they tried to hit her with an attack blog, like a, a, an anonymous attack blog. That kind of blew up in their it face. It resulted in a front page Sunday article <laughs> with city councilors talking about how how wrong Great. it was. It, yeah, for the, for they that thought it was that I was running. Right, and they, they did the same thing to me, and, and somewhere in this Julia thing, the mess, they did that. All right, with the prison thing. With Right, so they, they outed me as a 
criminal. Well, what did it get? A front page Sunday article <laughs> on uh, what from from prison to yeah. broadcasting a strange journey. Where I, you know, I get they just do a great thing on my uh, TV show, and and you know what what a wonderful guy I've turned out to be, and and what a a great father now. So boom, it blows up again. But you you ask if the bureaucrats know what's coming. Do you know what's coming? No, I don't See, really know what's thing. coming No, either. of course they don't. I mean, I know generally what's coming. I know people are going to move here. Activism's going to happen. It's going to be both in the political and uh, market-based realm, and I think it's going to be amazing what happens. Whatever it is, is going to be uh, nothing that has ever occurred before in think the history about it. of when the you world. Were, now, let's, let's assume, and we certainly don't know how many phone calls came into the jail, but let's assume that they were pretty much locked up the whole day from telephone calls. How about a dozen Hundreds. Calls. A dozen. Oh, come on. You're crazy. I disagree. Percentage of a percentage is going to ever uh, do anything, Mark. So you, you know, uh, understood, like... but there's <laughs> there are five hundred thousand people that listen to this show in a given week. Okay, okay. So take your percentage of a percentage, man. Um, anyway, so, so uh, let's say a hundred calls came in. The bureaucrats there are used to dealing with one or two. Three calls from people asking Not questions. Not in one day either. Yeah, in one day. I'm saying that's tough. Oh, you mean you mean about different cases? Different cases. Gotcha. So when calls are coming in like that, they're you're locking up their phone lines. Mm-hmm. I mean they they can't they they can't call out in some cases if yeah. they can if they have several lines they can call out. But there's somebody essentially stuck making answering questions and talking to people, or they choose not to answer the telephone at all. So it it just changes the pattern of their day, and they don't they they don't know how to deal with that. This is something unlike has ever happened to them. They probably knew they didn't like it. That's probably something they figured out. I'm sure that's that's quite clear to them. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, yeah, nobody really knows exactly what's going to happen, but I wonder how long it will take them to realize that whenever they show their force, whenever they tip their hand in that way, it does result in unintended consequences, and then maybe they'll figure out eventually like what those are. I feel like whenever they instigate things. I can think of one gentleman in particular who I believe is an instigator. What do you mean, whenever they instigate things? Well, like, uh, the guy who started, well, presumably the guy, it was never proven who started, yeah, the suspect who started the the website, uh, you know, exactly, he was instigating things and it blew up in his face and I feel like that's happened several times. They they, kind of nose around, try to start something and... The toll-free number here, goes, yeah, and they, jumped on. They get a little bite. It's not we're not hurting like you know, this is the porcupine thing, right? Where yep. uh, the, 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 that's get a the mouthful of quills. Yeah, that's the, uh, the the mascot of the Free State Project. It's friendly until you mess with it, and then you're going to get hurt a little. Not you know, not that we're initiating force. We're just trying to keep ourselves safe here. 800-259-9231. That's the number. You take control. It is the Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition, so we're here for you. You can call about anything as always, 800-259-9231. Of course, it being Thanksgiving Day, you're certainly welcome to share anything that you happen to be thankful for that you might want our audience to know or just maybe you just want to share. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. And Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, carousing cabbie from New, uh, excuse me, Boston, has tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at amazon.freetalklive.com or go to sexwiththevirginmary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on the uh, Free Talk Live podcast from last Saturday. Just go to the website at freetalklive.com, and you can download it from right there on the left-hand side of the page, sexwiththevirginmary.com. The toll-free number here for you, 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls across the pond to the U.K. Ziggy, do you guys have Thanksgiving in the, the U.K.? No, we're not the 51st state of America yet, Ian. Okay. I didn't know if you um, had something similar to uh, that, that, that particular They have a Canadian holiday. Thanksgiving. Do they? Yep. Is it uh, similar with, like, the Indians and the pilgrims? Yeah, I don't stuff? know what the story is, but they just ha- it's the same as ours, essentially. They just eat turkey and... Are lazy. Gotcha. It's yeah. a month but I'm very thankful for being able to suckle off uh, the welfare state. Here. You're taking welfare? <laughs> no, of course oh, okay. not. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> okay, good. good what I meant by welfare is, you know, free health care, um, gotcha. free education, you know, which is not doing anything to solve the problems in society. Certainly hasn't. It thankful. seems to be making it worse. Yes, of course. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, fact, the fact is, you know, that um, I was speaking today with, with Gavin, and I, I just said that I've given up hope of being able to um, convince people um, that there's more to life than reality TV shows and McDonald's. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've, anyways, um, people I sure I are happy in their little uh, their little prison, their big prisons that they live in, right? I mean, that's essentially well, what these countries are. Yeah. They're yeah, very happy. They're very comfortable. And, and they just don't realize it. I heard Lou Rockwell the other day said, once you find out about liberty, it's, going, it's like going through the, the looking glass. It's like the Matrix. Absolutely. You can't return. The Matrix is uh, it's a beautiful uh, – al- is allegory the right term uh, for, yeah. for what, yeah, what's going so. on today? It's just amazing. It's, uh, it's perfect. And it's such a great film. If you haven't seen The Matrix, go see The Matrix. I, have, I actually have a story which will make you chuckle here. Um, from from over here. Sure, by all means. The government has said there are too many lap dancing clubs in this country. Lap dancing clubs? Yeah. Okay. They're saying that communities up and down the country are getting upset that lap dancing clubs are appearing on their high streets. And I was sort of wondering, oh, like uh, people are being trampled to death with hordes, by hordes of men rushing into lap dancing clubs. Oh, come now. Well, That's silly. Uh, another thing that they say um, is that they're this inaccurate is they say that the communities communities are getting upset and the communities yeah. aren't getting upset. Some now, who, nasty I'll little busybodies are. The two ministers responsible, Harriet Harman and Jackie Smith. I don't want to, uh, to make this sound sexist, but I actually they they are very very prudish. Are it's they ugly as well? Harriet Harman was on the other day complaining about prostitution, and. Basically, I know, I know what their theories are about lap dancing clubs. They're probably worried that their husbands are visiting them yeah. because they're not getting enough nookie at home. Right, right. They're probably jealous because the girls there look a little better than they do, though. At some clubs, they're not that great, uh, from what I understand. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, are they just jealous? They're just trying to shut down the competition? Yeah, well, uh, 
I recognise. I recognise. I mean, also, what really, really got you know, really got up my nose was was that they had this woman on the news who was from some moralist campaign group, mm-hmm. and I, I suddenly sort of, sort of thought, hold on a moment. First of all, these women get paid to do this, and secondly, you know, in a country which is now obsessing about public health. To be a pole dancer, you really do have to be very fit. Interesting. It's not an easy profession. No, no, it's not. You know what, Zig? Uh, they, the moralists are always attacking the people that run adult businesses. I mean, as we pointed out over here, it, that they've been going after some of the pornographers uh, recently. Of course, people that are running those sorts of businesses, whether they be uh, they be jack shacks or lingerie how, modeling parlors. Wait, remind me, how did they get Max Hardcore? Uh, is it Max Hardcore? Yeah, that's one of the guys that he's one of a few guys that are being attacked by the federal government. He's been thrown in a prison cell for now, I think, forty-six months, and has been slapped with a one-point-four million-dollar fine for making making porno movies and voluntarily selling them to voluntary buyers. It's crazy. It, I, I don't understand in a country which 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 prides itself on free speech how that can happen apparently the excuse Ziggy, the, the is that it's obscene is, the it's amazing obscene. thing is is that people can say that we have free speech in this country and then at the same time say that it's okay to uh, stop people like max hardcore from putting out their uh, their or, stuff or throwing or, somebody out you know for flag burning and all kinds of things or or stop somebody from opening an adult bookstore or uh, whatever yeah. it is before i go i have to warn you i mean i, I say joking about sucking off of the welfare state in this country it doesn't matter how poor or how rich you are basically government is in every area of your life so in some ways everybody is on welfare in this country now it's and that is the direction the united states is going thank you ziggy thank you for the call tonight 800-259-9231 we have road welfare here in the united states i mean you know sure. uh, we have mail welfare there's welfare all over the place here. I mean, it's Mail just... by, uh, I mean, post, postal <laughs> right. welfare. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue. Unscreen to the amp line. You are on Free Talk Live. Who's this? This is the Christian Anarchist. Hey there, Gene. What are you thankful for today? Anything you want to share? Oh, I'm thankful for all kinds of things. Well, pick a that, few. Uh, oh, pick a few. Uh, that uh, we're doing well financially, and I have a beautiful family. Uh, the blessings just keep rolling on in. It's a good time. It's a good time to be alive. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to uh, first of all say uh, I'm go- I'm going to attack you for uh, your hypocrisy in a minute. But okay. first, about the um, the police having any idea what's coming. I meant the one, government people in general, but the police. Okay. Yeah, government people or courts or. Uh, the people that are trying to control our lives, mm-hmm. anyway. No, they don't, for two reasons. They're, they're too stupid, <laughs> and even if they were smart enough to figure it out, they don't care. They will continue to follow their path, which is force. That's the only path they have. They'll take it they to the bitter end, to huh? do so until it blows up in their faces. So do they see it coming? No, they don't. Do they care? No, they don't. Will they change their tune? No, they won't. Maybe eventually. If it, I mean, when you say blow up, you don't necessarily mean violently. violently. You just mean uh, with activist activity, that sort of thing? Well, I think both. I think it's ultimately uh, there is no, no other uh, end but violence. You still believe that? where I, it always I, goes. I hope you're wrong about that. That's all I can <clears> say is, you know, we're going to do everything we can to remain as peaceful uh, as possible. But you're right. If they do push it too far, eventually it may go there, and I certainly hope uh, it doesn't. 
Well, it's the old ex- escalation of force principle, and it always escalates. And they have the greater leverage right now, mm-hmm. so they will continue to escalate until the last resort is force. I mean, they're, they're just going to keep doing it. They'll keep it. I mean, like you said about the handcuffing, you know, 30 years ago, they would never handcuff anybody on a misdemeanor charge. In fact, it was illegal to handcuff mm-hmm. or, or it was not according to uh, protocol to handcuff anyone on a misdemeanor charge. Hmm. But this no stuff idea. has all been escalated in the last 30 years, and they're going to continue to escalate it. Well, they can only push it too far before the you know the prisoners realize what's going on and that the wool has been pulled over their eyes. I just wonder what it's going to take, Gene. I, I, I really and it's so surprising to see people so comfortable in a world where it's clear that there's nothing resembling a free country that's surrounding us. No, there isn't. But I wanted to attack your... Uh, your mm-hmm. hypocrisy. Okay. All right. Which part? Now, I've heard you numbers of times. Now, I've listened to you for a while, so I know I, I know you pretty well. A number of times you have excluded two particular groups, and I will name them when I'm finished here, but I noticed that you have excluded two particular groups from uh, being invited to join you in your quest for freedom. Really? Now, who would that and, be? And I've told you that we need all the groups. We need everybody. I don't you know. know. Even if they're people that you disagree right, with. This sounds like it could like. be con- a conflicting uh, discussion here, Gene. Hang on. We'll find out who those two groups are. He's alleging that we have excluded them as far as not inviting them to the Free State Project to get active for liberty here in New Hampshire. And I'm curious to see what he's going to say here in moments. Your calls as well about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is the Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. show continues, as it always does, with your phone calls being the primary element. Of course, uh, we also want to invite you to visit our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free. We've got updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Mark, how are we doing on the voting? Are we up above our 50, uh, 50 vote window that we need? Or? I can't tell you for sure where we are, Check but I know on. that we are in the winning, um, okay. you know, winning area. That's good to know. You can still throw your uh, your last minute votes in here for the month of November if you've yet to vote in November at vote.freetalklive.com. We have fifty one. We have fifty one. All right, that'll be the last time we ask, unless we uh, drop below the threshold. Uh, again, vote.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for us. So thank you in advance for that. All right, Gene, the Christian anarchist, is on the line, and he is uh, getting into a little bit of critique. You're going to say that there. There are two groups, apparently, that we have not been actively inviting, in your mind, to become part of the New Hampshire Liberty Movement, uh, the Free State Project, to move as many liberty activists to New Hampshire as possible. What are those two groups, Gene? Oh, actually, you're not only not inviting them, you are specifically, uh, I've heard you on many occasions say, we don't want them, don't come. Okay, who would these, be, these people be? And not only that, but by excluding these two groups, you actually have joined one of them. Okay, you're going to so say bigots? Are bigots one of them? Yes. Okay. You, you've excluded yourself because it makes you a bigot <laughs> to exclude those two groups. And Touché, one of the groups is bigot. Is that one fair, is Mark? Is it fair to say that one is a bigot against bigots? I um, guess it's true. I'm bigoted against bigots. I think that one... <laughs> 
you know, the, the worst kind of bigotry out there is the kind of bigotry against somebody who, you know, essentially has something that they can't change about themselves that you dislike. I don't like gay people. Of course, somebody. Yeah. Gene, Gene will argue that, uh, in fact, gay people. Uh, people with a, brown hair. I don't like a, them. It's an action rather than a, uh, um, a, a way of being. However, uh, or black people or whatever, you know, that's the worst. Homosexuals have changed to heterosexuals. There are, ultimate, there are numerous cases. Sure, sure, are sure there are. Too numerous to mention. It's probably yep. happened the other way around, too. Go ahead. But anyway, uh, the other group, of course, is what I guess we could call evangelical Christians. So those two groups... You have not only not invited, you have specifically tried to exclude. It's not true, Gene. What we've said, and we've been very clear, and we've um, we've taken your advice on this, you have altered the show a great deal, <laughs> is that we no longer go, you know, it's essentially what we would do in the past is we would we would talk about liberty until the point that we just, like, the Christian stuff just got to me so much that I'd go boom on the air, and I'd blow up, and I'd start berating Christianity in general as a stupid religion and nonsensical, and the people that must believe uh, it must be you know idiots and i'd say all kinds of mean things right so but now let's let's work on bigots however well, because, before you go on well, yeah, let's, let, let on me now. explain this gene the only people that we go after now are pharisees i use the terminology it gives me the opportunity to say that jesus came here to um you know on to, to earth as the story goes to, to 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 speak out against the pharisees and the sadducees and these people that would shove their religion down other people's throat in the form of laws and rules people that would cast the first stone because they were more righteous people that would walk out in the street and they would pray to show that they were more religious those so kind you're of people a bigot against pharisees now i am Okay. So should we kick uh, ourselves out of the uh, the Free State Project, Mark? I guess or? you're going to have to because you've <laughs> obviously admitted to being bigots, and yet you've said that you don't want bigots there. So I guess it's time to move back to Florida. <laughs> but really, I mean, that's just what Ian wants. Who is Ian? He's just some guy. It's not like he's in charge of the Free State Project and like anything he says as far as who can come here and who can't. It really matters. Yeah, I can't stop people from coming here. I mean, if they want to come here, that's fine. It's just that, and if you, when you say uh, evangelical, do you mean somebody who is constantly evangelizing or one who has a very little literal belief in yes. uh, the Bible? The former. Okay. Well, then I would say that I personally am not interested in, in associating with people that are trying to always force their particular belief system down my throat. Now, that's, uh, we should use a different terminology. That are always talking about their particular uh, belief system. Because well, when they're evangelizing, talking, they're trying to recruit you. It's more than just talking. Right. It's oh, also talking about... and recruiting, and that's not forcing it down your throat. Because forcing it down your throat is voting. Yeah, okay, um, true. You know, getting into public office and, and actively you know, using the mechanism of government. The fact is, well, I, you don't have to hang out with anybody Absolutely. who doesn't who doesn't have the type of religion I've, that you don't like. I've never said you, those people you know aren't welcome. All, Hold on, Gene. I've never said all, those people aren't welcome, uh, from my understanding, to the Free State Project, as long as they believe in what the statement of intent says, and that is that government's maximum role should be the protection of life, liberty, and I believe property. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but as long as they agree with that, then uh, then I think they're welcome here. It's just that within my social circle, I personally am not interested in uh, you know doing too much association with uh, with people like that you know i've said that i would like to get together with the leaders of the ku klux klan and the uh, black panthers and try and get the two of those groups to realize that the main enemy is are the forces at the top that i think you should do that Gene. take away our you should do take that away our liberties great what are you doing that are you working on that are you trying to actually i don't get know where they are oh, okay. i don't know who these yeah. people are right well, but the but the, uh, the the invitation is out there i'm going out over the air i'm saying look ku klux klan people uh, Black Panther people, go to my uh, my blog, uh, get in touch with me, and 
I want to unite you guys against the true enemy, not each other. And, and it doesn't mean you have to stop being a bigot. If you still want to hate the people of the other race, that's fine. You can hate them, but you don't actually have to go out and hurt anybody. Yeah, well, the you thing know, is, I don't want to be around those people, them. Gene. I mean, is there anything wrong with me having preferences about who I'd like to spend time with and who I want to be around? Of course not. I okay, have preferences then. about who I want to be around. Well, then, then I, I, don't, okay. I don't want bigots to be hanging around me. I don't want them around here. So I'm not going to welcome them. I'm not going to invite them here. I'm not going to go out of my way to say, hey, come yeah. up to New Hampshire, because I'm not I that desperate for, uh, for help. I don't, I don't want I the don't, help from those people. I don't mind people. having people near me that I disagree with or that I dislike uh, their lifestyle. Because I want to know where they are, basically. I, I want see to know where you're coming where these from. People are. Well, I'd rather have them be somewhere I, else. I see what you're saying, Gene. But to me, somebody who has, uh, who who is is deeply bigoted and uh, deeply religious, um, in the sense that my experience is that those kind of people that their their passion lies in their hatred of, of black people or their their uh, deep conviction in their their religion. So what you're dealing you're talking about one kind of bigot. What about the black bigots who hate white people? See, everybody always talking about all those kinds of people. I said, I said, Gene. I said, no, no, Gene, that's that's completely inaccurate. I said their hate of a person because of their color. There's black no, people. No, you just said their hatred of black people. Did I? I my don't mistake. recall that. Yes. My mistake. Yes, you did. Okay, my mistake then. I hate racism of all sorts. I I think I find it reprehensible. However, um, the. Uh, the, the to me those people are more likely to use the mechanism of government against the people that they dislike because you know just for that one instance it's okay then everybody needs to be the serpent don't tread on me and you have to be prepared to use that rattler when the time comes that's what i'm doing i'm using my rattler saying daily. stay the hell away we don't want your types around here that's what the rattle's for. <laughs> That's what we're trying to do, Gene, and you're, you're critiquing us for, uh, for using our rattle, saying, hey, we don't want you around here. No, I'm talking about the rattle against them when they try to, to take away your rights. Now, that refers to anybody who, like wants to put you in jail. I don't want those people hey. as my neighbors, so I appreciate what you're trying to do, and I understand your viewpoint, Gene, and if you want to go and, and give uh, a big hug to the people in the uh, the KKK or the Black Panthers, then you're certainly free to do that, my friend, and I thank you for the call and the critique. 800-259-9231. I, myself, am not going to sit down to Thanksgiving dinner with somebody uh, who who advocates that that other people who are born on a different plot of land or to parents that have uh, more melanin, uh, more pigmentation in their skin, that uh, that there's something wrong with those people. I, I don't want those people as my uh, sitting next to me anywhere. I don't want them as my neighbors. I, I'd rather they be somewhere else entirely. Yeah, I can't get excited about that. Is there something that. wrong you with know, that, Julia? No, there's nothing wrong with that, and I totally agree with you. But I gotta say that I personally have a like friend of the family, someone who is a very nice lady, her and her husband, who I really en- enjoy conversing with. Was mm-hmm. around for many years. Uh, learned a lot from them, was very close with, and still am fairly close with. I talked to them today, actually. Both of them are very bigoted, and I know this, and I don't like this, but it's just something we don't talk about. Really. I, you know, I, to, I, mm-hmm. I kind of, to me, I can give a pass to the older generations to some extent. I don't like to. It's 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 a little gross, but I... I will step over it a couple of times in, in a given conversation. Now, if it's just awful and egregious, at some point the con- we're going to have a conversation about uh, race, and I'm going to we're going to be talking about how my uh, you know my son's uh, godfather's black. 
How about that? <laughs> you know, things like, you know, that that's when I'm going to start sticking it in their face. But I... I feel like generation to generation, this this sort of uh, the, the silliness is going away, and I think that. Uh, so would you say you have less tolerance for somebody who's your in your same age range? That's correct. Don't I would have less to- tolerance for somebody who's. Uh, I'm just saying, while I generally feel the way Ian is talking about, I can say that there's personally, you know, a, a case where I make an exception, yeah, and we just don't talk. Like about a charity, it. you're you're being charitable toward them. I guess. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the show. Hour number two is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. Same thing as always. You call about whatever you want via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And, and Mark. Can, oh, sorry. And you are still here. here. Yeah. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those. On us, again, freetalklive.com. Still to come here tonight, uh, we've got to get to the Thanksgiving story, the true story of Thanksgiving, the one they don't tell you in government school. And uh, so that's on the way. Plus, of course, if you're calling in tonight and you want to share with us uh, something that you're thankful for, you're certainly welcome to do so. Uh, I have to say that that I am uh, I'm very much thankful for, as I said last hour, all the people who helped out uh, as I was thrown into a jail cell a couple of weeks ago. And whatever way you helped, whether it was putting a blog uh, online or making phone calls to the bureau- bureaucrats or whatever it was you did, writing letters to me, uh, that sort of thing. I just want to say I really appreciate uh, all of those of you who did something there. And, of course, I appreciate everybody uh, listening to this program, our advertisers. Uh, we, you, know, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to put food on your, uh, your family's table, Mark, if it weren't for the advertisers uh, for this, uh, of this show. And, of course, uh, the Free Talk Live amplifiers, well, huge thanks to it's them. It's not true. He would be able to put food on his table. He would just have to, have to do, something, do else. something else. Yeah, that's true. It wouldn't be as much fun to put food on the table if it weren't for our Free I Talk Live I wouldn't be doing this full time, and the show wouldn't be what you're hearing now. Sure. And uh, so so big thank you to everybody who is a Free Talk Live amplifier as well, because, look, the, the number one reason why we are where we are today, what the reason why we're on 44 radio stations, the reason why I was invited to speak at last year's Talkers Magazine uh, convention in New York City, the reason why all of these things have happened is because of the over 500 people that give as little as three bucks a month to this show via the Free Talk Live Amplifier program. Julia, you are one of those yeah. uh, 500, even though you d- certainly do enough for the show without that. Um, but thank you to everybody who does that at, at, at whatever level that they do, whether it's three bucks or I think there's somebody there that does $200 uh, per month that comes into this show. We reinvest it. We use it to reach out to radio stations around the country, and it works. I mean, the fact is our our profile on in the realm of talk radio and in the industry is visible, number one, because of the amplifiers. I really We wouldn't be able to afford most of the things we do as far as reaching out to radio stations is concerned if it weren't for them. So to those of you contributing to this show on a monthly basis at amp.freetalklive.com, uh, huge thank yous because we wouldn't be here. I mean, we might be syndicated without your assistance, but we might be on like... 12 stations or, or 15 
We wouldn't have had the progress we've had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Of course, big thanks to the Genesis Communications Network and all of the great board operators that are uh, always helping out diligently behind the scenes, screening phone calls and that sort of thing. Uh, Again, without the network component, uh, we would just be an Internet radio show. So, again, big thank you to uh, to our syndicate and all those people there. And, of course, our radio affiliates. uh, If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be as uh, big as we are in the radio industry. So, I mean, the, the affiliates are the lifeblood of a syndicated radio show, and we've got some really great ones, some dedicated uh, affiliates that have been on board. So for, uh, you know, our longest-running affiliate, Mark, is WNTK in New London, Connecticut. Really? Or not Connecticut, excuse me. New, New London, London, New, New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Huh. Number one longest-running affiliate for the show. Interesting. So, pretty awesome that our actually longest-running affiliate is an FM talk station, which is pretty cool. So, there you go. Those are a few things that I'm thankful for here. 800-259-9231. Also thankful for those of you participating in the show. Uh, of course, uh, we've got to get to the Thanksgiving story. This version coming from the Mises Institute. And I think it might be a little sh- little shorter than the ones we've told in the past, which is, I think, a good thing. Here's the story. This is what they don't tell you in elementary school or middle school or high school. If you're in government school, you've never heard this story, most likely. You're never going to hear this stuff because... What we're taught in school and all along is sharing is good. You should share. Nothing wrong with sharing if you're doing it on a voluntary basis. <laughs> Absolutely true. However, they force you to share, and it, it's 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 this melding of the terminology share. Yeah, and, I don't know if you can even use the term share when forced redistribution. Involved. Yeah, that's what it really is. It's forced redistribution of your wealth or whatever it is that you have. I always hated in school when they would hand out the school supplies list. My mom used to get so angry when there would be things that you'd have to buy for the whole class. Is that true? They, they would force you oh, to yes. buy things for there the whole would class? There would be certain items. There would be like your list, and then there would be certain items that you were required to buy wow. and bring in and put in like the class the community pool, pot. like tissues and yeah. stuff like that. And my mom used to get so angry about that. Huh. You know, I don't recall that. It probably happened while I was in government school, but I recall there was some times where it was like an option. You could buy what these do you things. Do, um, I haven't really thought about this before from the point of view of tissues. I, um, you know, I went to a private school most of the time. What do you do if, um, you know, if, if for, you know, a situation where they, well, we're not forcing the children to bring in tissues and then a child needs a tissue? I mean, what do you do? Are you telling me that those schools don't get enough money to where they can't afford tissues for their classrooms? If if they can't, something is not being done right. I agree that uh, they 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 don't do things right, lots of things right, but they're going to have to budget for tissues too. And when they buy tissues, well, they're going to buy them. Well, how about they take a little bit of money away from those administrators so the poor kids can have enough tissues? Sounds like a reasonable suggestion. It's not bloody no, likely. No, that's not going no. to happen. <laughs> Those administrators are very interested in protecting their six-digit incomes. Many of them are making a lot, a lot of money. Well, it's important to administrate. Yeah, really important. Yeah, in fact, where we come from, there's an entire building demonstrated. Actually, here in Keene, there's an entire uh, building dedicated, rather, to to administrators. To school bureaucrat administrators. And what do they do exactly? I don't know, but the the entirety of the school budget, as I understand it, is larger than the the city budget. Isn't that true? Doesn't the school don't the schools around here, the school board or whatever? I'd say that's true around most places. Yeah, that they the get schools more money. are such a huge chunk of the property taxes anywhere you live. It's so crazy, and I really hope that someday we can have enough people up here to do some sort of property tax revolt, because if people were able to just save their money on these government schools, it'd be a significant de- a decrease in the amount of money people were paying in property taxes. 
And that would be a significant increase in the amount of wealth available to each individual in the economy. They would have more money in their pocket, and if they get to decide what to do with it, then it's much better spent. So they can educate their kids. Or they can help send other people's kids to the kinds of schools they value. I would much rather, for me, uh, for me cutting my property taxes by 60%, which is the amount that goes to schools, is something that I would like to do, not because I want to save the money. It's not about the money. I can afford to pay those property taxes. If I couldn't, I wouldn't have moved here. So I can afford to pay those property taxes. So what I would do is I'd give that money back to my tenants. I'd give them 100 bucks a, a month right off, the, you know, right off the top of uh, the rent that they pay every single month. And I think that if, if everybody started to, uh, to save that money, they could also uh, pass on the savings, as it were, to the people that need it the most. The, the economy is having a tough time right now, supposedly. People are cutting back. So having $100 come off the top of the rent I think would be pretty helpful for some people. Absolutely. So one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The the true Thanksgiving story, though, Mark, you you mentioned sharing. That's why we got off on this tangent about schools. And if, to me, it's not really sharing if you're forced. I mean, if you're threatened uh, with violence or your your house being stolen or whatever, if you don't participate in the sharing process, that's that's like saying that working for the government is somehow volunteering. You know, the the whole idea that forced sharing is in is in any way sharing, I think, is pretty ludicrous. I think sharing is only real if you're voluntarily choosing to do it for the reasons that are meaningful to you. So with that in mind, the story is from Gary Gallis at Mises.org. At Thanksgiving, Americans reflect on their blessings and hope for uplifting family gatherings of, of togetherness and unity, with the pilgrims used as examples of peace, harmony, and thankfulness. However... While the Pilgrim's 1623 way of Thanksgiving represents what we wish to infuse in Thanksgiving, uh, Plymouth Colony before 1623 was closer to a Thanksgiving host's worst fears. Resentments surface. Harsh words are spoken. And many people uh, people turn angry and unhappy with one another. The Pilgrim's unhappiness was caused by their system of common property, not adopted as often asserted from their religious convictions, but required against their will by the colony's sponsors. The fruits of each person's efforts went to the community, and each received a share from the Commonwealth. This caused severe strains among them, uh, the members, as Col- Colony Governor William Bradford recorded. So we actually got some excerpts here that we'll. Uh, I didn't know share that. I thought that it, uh, the reason they did this, this community thing, was either sort of an experiment, or you know, they were certainly deep, deep religious people. But uh, it's interesting that it was it was the sponsor who uh, dis, you know shoved this down their throat. Toll free number is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm sure somebody with uh, pie in the sky views of what life could be like. And, of course, communism never turns out as you intend it. More on the way. We'll share the details with you in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. It's the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. Ian is here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those, including the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. And uh, this Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for SACL CAI and all they've done. Me too. Yeah. Jason Osborne is the man. All they've done for Free Talk Live. And if you're listening to this show, 
you ought to be thankful to Sickle CAI also because they make the show possible. We wouldn't be able to. They really do, yeah. Yeah, you know, they they make it from the point of view, you know, the the point that this is a hobby, an avocation, to the mm-hmm. point that this is a vocation. That's the difference. Sickle CAI. You can check out their banner at uh, freetalklive.com. They do collections, um, all kinds, accounts receivable. And uh, support them if you can. SACL CAI. All right. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. We're telling the original story, the true story of Thanksgiving. This uh, from Mises.org, featured over at LouRockwell.com. And uh, it's Colony Governor William Bradford who was writing in his journal about the difference between 1623's Thanksgiving and what came before that. What came before that was where each uh, individual in the colony was essentially putting the fruits of whatever labor they uh, they put into their land and the, the things that they did. They threw everything into a common pot. It was essentially a communist system where everybody uh, gave what they had and then it was di- divided up uh, b- based on whatever set of factors, allegedly equally, though I'm sure people that were infirmed and things like that uh, were, were given a certain amount. And, of course, that encouraged people to be acting The problem sickly. with this is who gets to decide who gets what? You know, eventually somebody the elites. Is, is, yeah, exactly. Somebody gets to be in charge of who gets the food and, you know, well, maybe he's got a few friends or something he wants to help out. So what happens when nobody owns anything, uh, when you putting, you're putting everything that you've created into a common pot? Well, there's uh, incentives go away. It's like we were talking about uh, last night with the communist or socialist healthcare systems, there's just not the incentive isn't there. The market signals aren't there, uh, and the same thing here. The people that uh, when you're when whatever it is you do is resulting in the same amount of reward, and that you get exactly the same whether you put a whole lot of effort in or not very much effort in. What's the incentive to put a whole lot of effort in? Well, here's uh, you know what happens is you say, well, I'm going to do my best here. I'm I'm going to do a good job because I'm doing it for everybody. And you do it, but you know that that last little bit of your effort, the one that that really might make the difference, mm-hmm. you know, that last row that one might plow. I'm imagining they plowed or something. I don't know. Um, they that might not get done. And then you watch the other people who aren't as good about this kind of thing as you are. You know, like some of them. He says he's sick and his back hurts and. He doesn't look sick, and I, you know, he was drinking last night. Yeah, his back's not hurting. Why, why, why am I out here working for that guy? Yeah, he gets the same amount of uh, reward as I do, and I'm out here breaking my back. That's not fair. I think I'll take it easy. Yeah, and you know, so, then no one eats. Then that's it. So here's here's what Bradford wrote about previous Thanksgivings. He said the young men did repine that they should spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children without any recompense. The strong had not more in division than he that was weak and not able to do a quarter of the uh, that the other could. This was thought injustice. The aged and graver men to be ranked and equalized in labors and victuals, clothes, etc., thought it some indignity and disrespect unto them. And the men's wives to be commanded to do service for other men as dressing their meat, washing their clothes, etc., they deemed it a kind of slavery. Neither could many husbands well brook it. Bradford summarized the effects of their common property system as saying, For this community of property, so far as it went, was found to breed much confusion and discontentment and retard much employment that would have been to their benefit and comfort, all being to have alike and all to do alike, if it did not cut off those relations that God had set amongst men, yet it did at least much diminish and take off the mutual respects that should be preserved amongst them. 
So no mutual respect in a system of common property. Uh, breeding confusion and discontent, retarding employment, meaning people didn't have the incentive to go out and work. Why should they? They were upset. These other shiftless losers were getting exactly what they got out of all their efforts. How did the pilgrims move from this dysfunctional system to the situation we try to emulate in our family gatherings? Well, in the spring of 1623, they decided to let people produce for their own benefit. Bradford wrote that all their victuals were spent. No supply was heard of. Neither knew, uh, neither knew they when they might expect any. So they began to think how they might raise as much corn as they could and obtain a better crop than they had done before, that they might not still just languish or thus languish in misery. At length, the governor, which, uh, with the advice of the chiefest among them, gave way that they should set corn every man for his own particular, and, that, and in that regard, trust to themselves, and so assigned to every family a parcel of land sweet so at that point instead of having everything be shared in common each individual or each family was given their own land and they got to grow what they thought was most appropriate and they got to do with it as they pleased and the results were dramatic according to bradford this had very good success for it made all hands very industrious so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been uh, by any means that the governor or any other could use and saved him a great deal of trouble and gave far better cont- uh, content the women now went willingly into the field and took their little little ones with them to set corn which would allege weakness and in- inability whom whom to have compelled would have been thought great tyranny and imp- uh, and oppression. I have to say, I got lost in that sentence. Well, it's it's um, it's a funny kind of uh, English, but basically, you couldn't. Uh, the women were going out in the field and they were working. Oh, before they would allege weakness. I see. Is right. What he says. Oh, I can't do I'm it. I'm hurting. You know, it, it, well, you know, they, yeah. they. I'm just not strong enough. That's man's work. But you couldn't force them because they're women. Right. So now, now that's when, taking care of itself. Right now that they have a piece of the action and they own what it is they produce, they're out there working. Isn't it it's amazing, amazing, isn't it? Anyway, he's, uh, the, uh, the article continues. That was quite a change from their previous situation where severe whippings had resorted to as an uh, had been resorted to as an inducement to more labor effort with little success other Isn't than creating discontent. strange? Uh, like, how, who, who was whipping who, and how the hell do you get off whipping somebody? Whoever was uh, the authority, right? I mean, there's, uh, there's the so deference to authority. Whoever wore a costume, kind of I'm sure. Con- contract to say that... I doubt there was a contract. Who knows? How odd. It's a good question. Despite the pilgrims' increased efforts in 1623, a summer drought threatened their crops. Following their beliefs, they offered contrition, uh, contrition for their sins. Then the drought broke, which led to the Thanksgiving that we still try to emulate today. As historian Russell Kirk reported, never again were the pilgrims short of food. It's the appropriate, or it is appropriate, to remember the pilgrims as Americans celebrate Thanksgiving. Though we have incomparably more than they did at the time, we can learn much from their way of thanksgiving but we should also remember that our material blessings are the fruits of america's system of private property rights whose power for peaceful and productive cooperation the pilgrims began to prove by experiment almost four centuries ago because those rights and the freedoms and prosperity they entail are under constant assault today and we can see it all over the place where men and women doing business various industries various different products and services are essentially told what they can and can't do, how they must and how they mustn't run their business, what they can and can't offer, what they have to pay to these men and women calling themselves the government in order to even remain in business, in order to have the privilege to continue to do business with people who want to do business with them. And the whole idea that there's anything resembling private property these days is 
more of an illusion, I think, than anything else. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If it's yours, how can they take it from you? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website, going back for an entire year, uh, all free for you at freetalklive.com. Now, you know email's not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Wrong. Introducing PrivacyHarbor.com. It's an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. Sign up for a free account today. PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. So, Julia, uh, do you want to talk about this marijuana thing you've got? Oh, That's sure. you want to do? So of course, right by the way, the Thanksgiving Day edition, uh, you can call in, talk about whatever you want. As always, that is the point of the show. You're certainly welcome to share some I of the things say, you're thankful for. If you'd I like. am thankful that nobody asked me what I was thankful for this year. I wasn't going to. I didn't I want know. to put you on the spot. I've always hated that. That's <laughs> always been my least favorite part about Thanksgiving. Is <laughs> when you're forced the, to do it? Yeah, when you say grace and then everybody and then your grandma says, okay, now let's all tell what we're thankful for. And I'm thankful for a lot of things and maybe I don't feel like telling you, grandma. <laughs> I I think that that's a good exercise for kids. Ugh, I, mortifying. I like, I, well, you know, you, you can choose to be mortified or not, and that that's that, that that's a decision that one makes. But I think that uh, gratitude's a really great thing in this I agree world. Completely, that's and something I can. I do. agree as well. Well, I, I know, and how do I teach my kid gratitude? Well, you don't teach him by saying you have to do something. You should explain well, to them why. I've done you don't a really teach them great gratitude job. by saying, all right, one day every year we can all go around and list three things that we're thankful for. I agree with that. I, I, I agree that seems uh, that would be the one force not to do it. But hopefully I have, at that point I've shown him that how important gratitude is to me rather than doing it for the purpose of just going through the motions of, well, I think this is what we're supposed to do because it's Thanksgiving <laughs> and we we have guests around. Yeah. Let's have the kids entertain us. I, you know, th- right. th- that doesn't make any sense to me. But, but hopefully, at that point, I've shown him and I've told him how important gratitude is. And now he gets the opportunity to step up and do a little gratituding. And then maybe he can teach someone else later. Absolutely. I think that gratitude is an important thing that people should, I I believe, think about on a daily basis. I think that you should think about the things that you appreciate in your life, the people and the opportunities or whatever it is that you're appreciative of or grateful for uh, on a daily basis. And I think Thanksgiving is just one day where it's, it's more obvious uh, that people think about such things. And I think I agree with Julia forcing that sort of thing onto somebody and saying, this is valuable, you should do it, is not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily a good thing, but explaining to somebody how it is that when you're grateful uh, towards another person, that that comes off. I mean, whether it's it's uh, it's subtle or whether it's obvious, when you're grateful to another person and you let them know, number one, you can be grateful inside yourself, and it, that just makes you, I think, feel better uh, generally. But if you're actually appreciative 
verbally towards someone, whether it's, again, somebody that you love or somebody who gave you good service at a restaurant, for instance, somebody who gave you a good service at a customer service counter, whether you appreciate uh, when you show them that you appreciate them and you thank them for what they've done, then that's that creates goodwill and uh, absolutely. It, it creates good relationships. So, I, so if you could explain that, I think, so then it has some value. I, I agree with you. Now, um, what about if you're dealing with a child and, and you know different parents have different uh, issues that they have to deal with with different people? What if you're dealing with a child that doesn't like to push his own boundaries? What do you mean uh, by that? What do you think I mean by that? Like he, doesn't he doesn't want to like, step outside the box. That's no, he doesn't want to step outside his box. You, you so know, you're talking about like forcing him to talk in front of a group of people because he's not comfortable talking in front of a group of people to try to encourage him to step outside his boundaries? I think so, yeah. Like not force. Okay, force is the wrong word because I'm not going to beat the kid. I'm not going to knock his teeth out. I'm not going to kick him out in the cold if he doesn't do it. But yeah, like in the same way that you might have to tell some kids, you do. You like, hey, it's time to go out and learn how to ride a bike. You know, let's go out and I'm going to show you how to sail a boat. I'm going to show you, let's go to the garage and I'm going to show you how to hammer some stuff and then I'm going to have you hammer it. So I don't think that, I think that that is the same as, you know, having telling a child, pick up this hammer, hit that nail. Come on, pick up the hammer, hit the nail. Now well, you might, now I'll grant you the public speaking has been considered one of the worst, biggest fears in people's lives, but... That doesn't mean that having that kid talk about gratitude at the uh, Thanksgiving table is any worse than having, you know, having him push his boundaries by picking up a hammer and trying it. Well, uh, when when I think about like what I'm thankful for, it's it's generally a lot of it is pretty personal. And what you're describing reminds me of a situation that I had in middle school where a teacher we had to write in these journals, and of course they were mandatory. And the teacher called on me to read mine out loud, and I refused, and I got in a lot of trouble. And she mm. yelled at me, told me that I shouldn't have been writing inappropriate things. But for really for me, it was just a personal thing that I didn't feel like sharing with the group. And sure. is that necessarily a boundary that I need to step out of? I don't know what, uh, you know, like, I wasn't there when you were in fifth grade. Well, I, I got I, no ideas what went on with you. I would say that uh, sometimes it is appropriate to have kids stand up and talk about what they're grateful for because a lot of times people won't push their boundaries. That's fine, Mark. I, I appreciate where both of you are coming from on this. I appreciate where Julie is coming from as sort of the anti-authoritarian, I don't want to do this because I don't feel like it. It's my life. You don't tell me what to do. You can't tell me this. Stop it. I, I totally appreciate that. And on the I, other side, I can see where Mark's coming from with this sort of parental aspect of you want your kids to expand. You want them to uh, expand their opportunities and their, and their and what it is that they, they can do and things like that. And I think that the way to do that, instead of uh, saying, instead of setting what you want as, as dad and saying, okay, son, now you have to do this to make me happy or whatever, because that's, you know, or you're going to be happy because he's expanding his boundaries and all that. But you have to do this. This is a requirement now. I think it's different to say that than it would be to say, OK, son, well, you know, we've got this. Uh, we, we've got th- we know that you like certain things and uh, we're going to give you this reward if you will go ahead and participate in this particular activity, which now, is why stepping is positive reinforcement. Um, why, why, why is positive reinforcement? all you know, positive reinforcement is a tool. Yeah. For, I um, think it's a powerful tool. It personally. is a powerful tool. Absolutely. It's much more persuasive than to say, you need to do this because I said so. You need to do this. You should do this because if you do this, then you're going to receive X, Y, and Z. But Don't you think that makes more sense? Um, I, I, yeah. I, can hear, I can hear where you're coming from, but can't you just as easily use positive reinforcement in the manner where you say, look, you're going to stand up and you're, you're going to entertain grandma and grandpa by telling them <laughs> what like you're, you're grateful me. for. Or you're going to get the hell out and go live in the woods, you little prick.
That's not positive reinforcement. That's, I, that's, it that's is absolutely. You got a really <laughs> no. great room right here that <laughs> no. you got power in. That's heated. That you get fed every yeah. day. Like those are some things yeah. you could be grateful for. I would have walked you out had, to the woods. Th- 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 take the tip, baby. <laughs> and my mom would have chased after me. No, that, and that and there, therein lies one of the problems. Because if you go out in the, and you're in those woods, I would have gone out to the woods. You, you go out in that woods for an evening. You will be back, and you will be grateful for the heat. You'll be grateful okay, for the food. Okay, I'm grateful for the heat. But does that mean that I have to stand up and share it with the world? Apparently, because your dad is going to force you to live in an igloo. <laughs> I'm if glad you, don't. you weren't my dad, Mark. I'm just yeah. saying. You this need is... some work before old Jackson grows up, man. Uh, no, my all I, uh, the, 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 the whole, I'm not going to do it. You know, come well, on. Dude. Don't tell me to do something. If you want yeah. me to do it, you should persuade. And that's what I'm saying. The positive reinforcement idea. You're using persuasion. It's like, look, you don't well, have to do this. But don't if you, you don't, you're not getting that, the pumpkin pie. Don't you think that child pie. should be persuading me to feed him, to put a roof over his head? No. You have an obligation the, to that. When the hell did that obligation... You created uh, it by having a child. How did, the, whoa, whoa, how did I create it's an a, obligation? It's a social obligation, Wait, Mark. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Social What are contract, you talking baby. about here? Are you saying that, <laughs> that if I left a baby, uh, you know, a, a newborn baby in a dumpster, that, I'm, that it's tantamount to murder? I'm not saying that. No, no I'm you saying that say you have that a social you obligation. Really don't believe that. No, I don't believe that. I believe that you have a social obligation, and that right. people would ostracize you and treat you like a murderer. I think that uh, I, I don't think that people would uh, ostracize. Oh, yeah, in that case, they would. Um, but you're not going to be ostracized for forcing your kids to uh, do some silly Thanksgiving thing. Oh, I wouldn't force my kid to uh, do some silly Thanksgiving. You wouldn't. Thing. What if I they don't do it? I would show them the gratitude. Look, get outside. Yeah, that's kind of forceful, Mark. You're talking I'm, about kicking your child out of your I, home. Dude, you're talking about positive reinforcement. Here's a goal. Here's a quarter. Yeah, you, you get dessert. Up. You get dessert. You get to have pumpkin pie and cheesecake and so whatever if they the don't, hell else. So if they don't do it, then I'm the father who didn't give them pumpkin pie and cheesecake. Hey, you don't. You, you, you're feeding them dinner. You don't have an obligation to give them dessert. Oh, With so I could, dessert is a very powerful motivator. You're right. I could for just kids. give them bread and gruel if they didn't uh, stand up and do the uh, d- do the speech. No, you you probably should give them something a little better than that. But I bread, gruel, and some cranberry sauce are, on top. You are good. And go and eat in the garage. I hope Laura's listening to this show. I don't think she feels the same way as you do. At least I hope she doesn't. More on the way, Laura, your wife. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, then do your holiday shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. It's a place to go to get your shopping done. You don't have to deal with hitting the, the streets and uh, navigating through traffic and dealing with parking lots and upset, angry parents that didn't get the toy they wanted for their kid because they, they were too late, fights in the aisles, all of the just madness that you have to deal with when you're going out and about shopping for uh, for the holiday season, which, of course, will begin in earnest as of tomorrow morning, which, of course, is Black Friday. So if you want to avoid all that and save some money at the same time and help Free Talk Live all simultaneously, go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. Whether it's used or brand new items that you're purchasing, that's the way to get your shopping done this holiday season. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Jeff is on the line in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind, Jeff? Happy Thanksgiving. Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. I wanted to talk about the the U.S. Postal Service because I've run into a little a little um, quandary with them, and I wanted to see 
If maybe you could give me some advice on what to do. Sure. Okay. We'll try. So basically, they've stolen money from me. They've stolen money from you. What they do? Well, I I paid for a uh, a shipment to be delivered to my house. Okay. And it was delivered to my house. However, the postal guy didn't leave a note. It had it was a shipment that had to be signed for. Uh huh. He didn't leave me a note. And so then it went back to the post office where I was supposed to claim it. But too bad they didn't tell me I had to come get it. So it got sent back to the sender. Hmm. And then the sender's like, you know, you got to pay shipping again. And really? I'm like, well, you know, yeah. This is not this. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? It's not. I'm not satisfied. So. I call up the, the USPS uh, customer service line, and uh, I described the situation, and I said, you know, I demand a refund, and uh, and that was just a, a nonsensical con- conversation with them. Uh, so then I said, you know, since you're providing such an unsatisfactory service here, I'd like you to tell me what I need to do to be able to remove my mailbox and never continue service with you. <laughs> That's a federal crime, sir. I, well, the, the lady's like, oh, well, you can't do that. Oh, really? And I said, really? You know, if, if you're not providing satisfactory service, can't I use another career? And she's like, well, you can use it for shipping boxes and packages, but not for regular mail. That's true. They have a monopoly said, on that. I said, oh, really? Well, isn't that a monopoly, which is illegal? And <laughs> there is the no, you know, no verified response to that so <laughs> um but what, what my idea is is to go into my local branch here tomorrow and to go in there with a recorder and one of my neighbors is a volunteer to go with me with a recorder also it's really? just audio recording but uh i wanted to go and stand in line so that everything was fair to the other customers and then demand a refund at the counter uh, while which, recording the entire conversation in, yes yeah. Wow, they are not going to like that one bit. I bet uh, this should be You're very also going to make enemies with the people behind you. I mean, uh, there, what, there's going to be people behind you. They're going to see it as unfair. Oh God, what the hell am I dealing <laughs> with here? I just want to get know, up to the line. That's why. That's why I said that I'm willing to wait in whatever line. You can always ask for a manager and step aside. Me. You could always, when you get to the counter, you could ask for a manager and then you know step aside if that's a possibility. That's yeah, and. What I what I think is going to happen is that they're going to tell me that they can't help me and I need to call the number that I already called and got nowhere with. And at that point, I, I mean, I've been listening to everything that, like, Sam has been doing with calling the cops on the cops. So I figured maybe I could go to my police station after that and file a criminal complaint against the post office for stealing or for thievery or whatever, you know. But I wanted to see, like, what you guys thought about this whole what direction I should take this. You Jeez, know? I'm not coming up with anything uh, off the top of my head on this one. <laughs> There's really not anything you can do. Well, you've had an experience with trying to yeah. get customer service out of them, right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. sent, after very frustrating phone call to phone call to phone call, <laughs> they're so good at that, bureaucrats, at just transferring you from department yeah. to department to Passing department. Passing the buck. And uh, I think I got a book of expired stamps out of them. Really? Like they sent me the 32s when it was really the 48s or whatever. Oh, how nice. Yeah, so they weren't How long did that take stamps. you to get? Uh, they sent it like a week later. So I mean, how many phone calls did you have to make? Oh, how much time did you have to invest to get the book of stamps? Like 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes? Okay. Well, that's. I would have expected you. they'd put you on hold and you'd waited for like an hour or something like it that. It was so probably longer than bad. 10 minutes, but either way, I was pissed because what I really wanted was not a book of stamps, but my 
package not to have been destroyed in the first place. But right. I mean, here's where I would come from on this. If you are, I mean, what was the amount that you paid for shipping? Ten bucks? Six bucks? Five bucks? Ten? Um, it was twenty-five bucks, and it's another twenty-five bucks. But I've already paid to have it reshipped. Twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five dollars yeah. to ship something? What the hell were you sending? Uh, shipping weights? Uh, gold and silver. Okay. Oh my gosh! Thank yeah, goodness you got stuff's heavy. Uh, yeah, I don't like the idea that they would ship that via non-private uh, pro- uh, providers. You but I understand what? you can't do you it. Can, yeah, UPS won't even won't even take it from okay. what I understand. Well, you know what I, I did after I called back my company, my shipping company, or the people I bought it from, and I said, "Look, I'm going to pay you this money, and whatever, as long as you promise to never ever conduct business with me." With me via USPS again, and they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. So, I mean, I've got to pay 50 bucks in shipping here for, wow. you know, it's ridiculous. That's why I'm so pissed, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you for that. I mean, so what you're looking at here is how much is the $25 worth to you? I mean, you, your time is worth something, and worth in it. order to... It's in- worth it to me, man. Okay. It's, it is... Because you're going to be investing to time... To third quarter. Yeah, I'm going to go in... Well, it's worth it to me to go in there with third quarter... And let these guys get really pissed off, which I'm sure they're going to do, and blow me off. And then at that point, I guess I have to decide if it's worth it to me to go to the police station and try and deal with those beer there, guys. I, that but, would be interesting, too, because I doubt they're going to do a damn thing Right, you're going to have to know they exactly... They probably won't You're going to have to know exactly what you're going to go after these uh, the post office people for. Because if you go in and say, well, they stole from me. Like, they didn't steal anything from you because they didn't steal anything from you. They just well, conducted no, their business poorly. Because I paid for a service that was not rendered, you know? Well, they delivered the... the right, they delivered the package to your house and then, you know, went through some rigmarole where they took it back and, you know... They, they never let it go. They brought the package with the signature. Didn't they leave it one day? Signature. No. No, they're, oh. they're supposed to leave a pink slip, and I I believe they're supposed to try two or three times. And I had me, well, I mean, I'm at work all day, but I had my neighbor who's at home watching, because it, it was important to me, this package, obviously. Sure. So I had them watching, and they said, no, you know, this guy never did it. There's no pink slip. I thought maybe the wind blew it away. And that's another point I was going to bring up is to go to this postal clerk and say, hey, you know, uh, if this is true that you don't owe me money, then show me the um, show me the originals because the pink slip is just a carbonless copy, you know? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be like, oh, I can't do that. And no. that's the point where I'll be like, okay, I demand my money back. Yeah. I think this would be fascinating. I mean, at the very least, even if you never get anything back out of it, you'll certainly get some experience in what it's like trying to record bureaucrats because you can guarantee – I don't know what the the uh, the laws are like there, the statutes are there in New York – or in State New party. Jersey, rather. What's that? One-party state. One, so, one-party state. So as long as you know that you're recording, you so you can absolutely like record them without their right. knowledge? Yeah, I'm the one party, and I sure as hell consent, you know? Well, that's pretty darn good. That's good that you're in a, a place like that. Um, so, uh, so, I mean, you I actually have to decide everything. whether or not you want to. That's kind of an important choice is, you know, do you want the bureaucrats to know they are being recorded? Uh, because they will act differently depending on that. I do. I, I want – well, my neighbor is going to have his in his tucked away so they can't see it. He's bringing one too, okay? Mm-hmm. So my plan is to go there, set it on the counter, and then begin conversing with this bureaucrat. And he may say, "Turn that off," and I'll be yeah, like, I don't, okay, I don't no consent. <laughs> yeah, I like, need okay. to give you permission for that. That's what they like to say. Ah, oh, you can't do that. I need to give you permission to do that. Yeah. So, and I, that's the thing is, like, 
if it's on public property, it may be different, but since the USPS may be considered private property, I don't know if I can just say no thank you to that or what, you know. Yeah. So I'm just going to put it away and let him continue his recording under his shirt or whatever. <laughs> it's a but, good idea. You fake him out then, basically, essentially uh, psych him yeah, out. And... Be like, okay, go ahead and tell me what you're going to tell me without mm. recording. So, I don't know. I just wanted to see what you guys said. But. Yeah, I think that's a great – I think it's an interesting plan. I would expect that you should go into it expecting to get nothing out of it except for an interesting recording uh, of your right. interactions with these people. That should be your maximum expectation. Yeah, if you get money or stamps or anything out of it, uh, you know, consider yourself lucky. And if you can continue – yeah, and if you can continue to get that business to do business with you with FedEx or some private company that will ship the, 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 the gold and the silver to you, then that's better too. I mean, trying to be aware of – what shipping methods companies use and demanding a higher level of shipping, even if you're willing to, you know, you're going to pay extra, but it's worth it because it'll get to you most likely. And thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Good luck. Let us know how it goes as well. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything in this live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. It's 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here in Hour 3. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So, Julia, you found something that you wanted to share uh, tonight, some sort of advice column. What well, is this? Well, it's some sort of editorial. It's a, a guest column, but it's written by someone who's high up. In, I think he may be the president or whatever of this organization. Sad students, students against, against drunk. drunk driving. It was drunk driving. I think now it's dad something decisions. Dangerous decisions. Yeah, destructive right? decisions. Yeah. Destructive decisions. Yeah, something right. like that. So I found a, a an article, an editorial written by the head of this Stephen Wallace. And it's just full of bad propaganda and misinformation, and in that respect, it's pretty entertaining. Okay. Need to Go start for it. talk show hosts against dumb anagrams. <laughs> Dealing a blow to years of work and recent gains in youth drug prevention. See that right there? I start laughing because What do you mean? Years You're saying work, that people aren't, uh, they're not doing as much drugs, right? Well, that's what he's saying. He's saying that, uh, that, there's been years and years and years of working at trying to get youths to do less drugs, and it's finally starting to work. But then Massachusetts has grow- joined a growing but short list of states to decriminalize marijuana possession. Hooray! Uh, right, and, and as though this is going to cause kids to suddenly start doing drugs. Right, right. unlike they were unable, apparently they were unable to get their hands on marijuana before. Which now, marijuana is easier to get at your hands on than alcohol. If you're a kid. If you're a kid, yeah, yes. true. At least that is the intention of some of the 65% of voters checking yes on a ballot initiative that makes possession of an ounce or less of marijuana a civil defense punishable by a ticket as opposed to a criminal as opposed to a criminal one. And this on the same day that the same voters approved a ban on greyhound racing. Protect- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Protect- I didn't hear about that one. I didn't. I didn't either. Protect the dogs, <laughs> but throw the kids under the bus. Go figure. So this is all about kids, I guess, um, which 
Well, marijuana reaches out and grabs kids and pulls them into right. a life of, of crime and worshiping Satan and, and worthless lifestyles. And oh, wait, it's a plant. It just sits there. It yeah. doesn't do anything. Um, no, you know, obviously this guy's uh, he, he's so blinded by what it is that he does, and he's up in an organization like SAD or whatever um, that, that he's in here. He gets paid to do this. It's probably true. So yeah. he's you can't talk to this. I'll guy. bet this guy smokes pot. There's a good chance of it. You know, <laughs> well, I've got a story to share. Go you ahead. know, who was it? There was that really high up in some sort of evangelical church guy who oh, yeah. got Ted, caught like uh, Ted snor- somebody. shooting up meth and having gay sex, right? Yeah, he was snorting meth, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was that guy? Ted Haggard was his name. He yeah. was the pastor of the mega church, one of the mega churches out in uh, Colorado. But as an example of your sort of cynicalism in regards to this guy that's the head of Students Against Destructive Decisions. Probably you suggest that he may do some drugs or do some marijuana himself. Or he did. It's certainly possible. There was somebody that uh, was telling me a story. Per- I can't. Obviously, not going to reveal who it was, but that he personally was involved in, where he sold an ounce of marijuana at a uh, dare sort of an event. One of these. Uh, what does it dare stands for? Dangerous drug abuse drug resistance abuse education. I have no idea. It's, this I didn't is the, have that stuff when I was in school. Right. It's the it's the thing they give to I think fifth graders and seventh graders and heck, it's probably every grade now. But uh, it's this anti drug class. Yeah, that American it started students, in like third grade for me. It figures they're just expanding it out. So it's this anti drug propaganda class that American students are essentially cr- crammed with. They have to. They are forced to take it. And uh, so it was some sort of dare presentation, some some sort of, you know, like an auditorium of, of some sort. And the guy that I know uh, sold this ounce of weed to the president of dare. He sold an the ounce of president? weed. No, it was like a parent. It was the parent who was a pres- the president of the dare association. Good Lord. He sold an ounce of weed to the president of the D.A.R.E. Association at a D.A.R.E. function right there. Like, they're in one row. He's in the other row of auditorium seats behind them. And he literally passes it to this person in the D.A.R.E. auditorium. And I said to him... It's kind of ironic, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I don't care that you're doing it, you know, man, but stop being involved with these organizations. Absolutely. It's really... I told him that, you know, that's the pinnacle. That's the the greatest uh, black market sales story. I've ever heard as far as the, you know, the uniqueness of the client, basically. Uh, one of those stories where, you know, cops sell drugs, you know, cops take drugs. You always hear about that. But the head of D.A.R.E., of course, of course, the head of D.A.R.E. happens to be a marijuana user. Right. And that's what I said to him. I said, how do you how does somebody look at themselves in the mirror? How can you, on one hand, be be the head of an organization that tells kids that marijuana is bad, you shouldn't do it, don't do drugs, just say no, and then you go home at night and you break open a fresh ounce of pot and you pack up your bowl and you smoke it? How do well, you live with yourself? I can kind of see it because, you know, obviously I think about the situation. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, I, yeah, like I know in my heart that marijuana is not as dangerous of a, of a drug as alcohol is. You know, is all you have to do is look at the numbers. You look at uh, the effects on the body. You, you look at all these things and you realize that marijuana is not as dangerous as alcohol. Period. Bar none. End of story. Now, when I think about uh, my son Jackson, uh, I want him to. I, w- I want to teach him how to imbibe alcohol. I've talked to my wife about this. Uh, you know, that's something that she can go for, and 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 something mm-hmm. she can see. But I can't. It's. I really. What? I'm not going to 
smoke a you, joint with my son? You can leave that to me. Yeah, I'll, say, I'll teach your kid how to smoke well, marijuana. I'll teach him how to roll a joint, too, while she's at it. I, I, thank you for the offer. I'm just, however... He'll be rolling splits by age 10. I look at this situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm really... I'm, I'm left in a quandary. I know it's better. It's a better choice as far as mind-altering <laughs> things. But yeah. Well, are, yeah, are but what will Laura think? Laura's not going to like that idea, right? She's like an anti-drug counselor. Sure, sure. Formerly. She'd, she'd, be, she'd be against that. Yeah. Oh, what she doesn't know won't hurt her. <laughs> that, and, and therein is the, the one of the problems in being an, an anti-drug kind of parent um, is, you know, what, what that parent doesn't know won't hurt them. You're well, on the outs. There you go. You're not going to get told about these things. You're, it's, you're, you're a problem. You're a liability in this circumstance. You're no longer a resource for your teenager who's gonna be, who has the ability to make these choices on their own. You become the enemy. Look, they're doing it. So, you know, when, when you're no longer a resource, who is? Friends. I don't want that for my life. I don't want that for my child's life. I want to be their resource. 1-800-259-9231. You're welcome to chime in on this. But there's more from the guy from right. Students Against Destructive Decisions. Indeed. Opponents of the ballot initiative, which includes state constitutional officers, district attorney, police chiefs, ministries, and school superintendents. So basically, you just named all bureaucrats. Say that we believe that the efforts to legalize drugs of any kind represent the wrong direction for Massachusetts and put our children, right. we should be our families, more. and our communities at risk. We should be putting more of our children and our families and our communities in behind bars. That's the way to solve the drug problem because it's been working it's so like well. It's like they don't even think. No, I, I they swear don't. to God, I mean, it's... it's drugs bad, drugs bad, <laughs> jail. Uh, you know, fine, <laughs> drugs are bad, fine. That, that, you know, it's, it's a fine place to come, to be coming from. I don't care, but... Punish. You, but Destroy. Don't forget, alcohol, drug too, right? They'll, that, they'll tell that you that. That is no. something that I really personally have issue with, because alcohol is absolutely... In my opinion, one of the most dangerous drugs out there, really, sure. it is. I, I, on a sociological um, scale, it is one of the most uh, destructive drugs. Now, when you look at it on an, on, in, independently on its own, it's not as bad as uh, well, some of them. I mean, you, would you rather your kid be, okay. would you, you rather die your, from it? Would you rather your kid drink alcohol or would you rather kid shoot heroin? Okay, yes, you got it there. Alcohol, I but choose not alcohol. Too much. But I gotta say. When I do, like when I drink and I, I don't, alcohol is my least favorite drug of all the drugs I do or am willing to do. Or have done. Or have done, exactly. <laughs> alcohol is my least favorite. That doesn't mean I don't do it. I do. And I think that Wait a part, minute, what of about, the, never mind. part of the reason that I do drink alcohol is because it's so easy to come by, it's legal, it's easily accessible, and it's socially acceptable. So I wonder how that would differ if all drugs were illegal, if maybe I wouldn't really care so much about alcohol anymore. But when I think about like how powerful alcohol really can be, I'm serious. I've made some of the worst decisions ever on alcohol. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It is the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. You're welcome to chime in on this discussion. Bring up whatever you want. Tell us what you're thankful for. Anything goes. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program. Where are all the other syndicated radio hosts today? They're probably fast asleep or sitting in their right, favorite chair. Right, because most people don't have Thanksgiving dinner except for uh, really early, right? I mean, even our Thanksgiving dinner was late, and it was at 5. 4 or 5, yeah. 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 
I, I which was delicious, by the way. Yeah. Well, Julius, what heck of a cook. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes people have it in the afternoon and that kind of thing. But I was listening to the radio. I think it was last night. Uh, the Hannity and Combs show was was from prior to the election. And who wants to listen to that crap? I mean, I, Jeff, well, again, uh, right? I mean, I, I've moved beyond the election in my life. Just in case you wanted to hear another interview with John McCain, right? Or right, Barack it was, Obama. It, it was somebody talking about the difference between the two candidates. It was he was interviewing somebody, I don't, somebody that he considered important. Obviously, it was a moment that needed to be repeated, right? God, no. It's just awful. So we're here live for you. You're welcome to call in and bring up anything, as always, at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, including the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. That's a lot to talk about. You'll find it all there for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You know, sometimes when you're listening to, uh, like, Art Bell and Coast to Coast, they'll have repeats on there. Somewhere in time. Yeah. Art Bell coming to you from 1999, June 7th, you know, or whatever. Well, now, you can do that with Art Bell's show. Though. You're talking about Coast to Coast. He's talking they, about Sasquatches. Yeah, they bring in, like, the kooks, and they talk to them <laughs> about kooky stuff, and that stuff's eternal. I mean, you can, it, ghosts and crap and garbage like that, that'll, mm-hmm. that's always uh, evergreen content. But, you know, who ran for what election, where and when, whenever, and uh, talking right, to Senator stale, so-and-so. That's stale, stale, stale stuff. God. I, it, it, you know, an interview on, uh, you know, what, what your thoughts are between the two candidates, and then one of them's already one i mean what programming director thought that was a good idea speaking of good ideas i've uh today before i went to thanksgiving dinner i took two deck c20s i was going to ask you if you well my thought is today you know if if, if, why why stuff myself when i can stuff myself just as much and not put as much food in me the deck c20 is an appetite suppressant i feel full even though I've eaten less food than I normally would otherwise. Mm-hmm. Now I've been taking them so long, four or five months now, that uh, my stomach sort of shrank, and I think I could stop taking them, and I would it would probably be on that progression again. You know, I've, I'm going to start stretching my stomach out more and more and more. But um, I, I'm still steadily losing pounds, uh, so I'm, I'm going to continue to take them. I, I want my 32s to fit exactly the way they used to when I remember the good old days. So uh, Dex C20, you can get it. it. It'll work for you. It won't give you those weird jitters that so, so many uh, diet pills give you. You can get it at Walgreens, CVS, GNC, or you can go to diet.freetalklive.com. I know some people out there are skeptical about this. Look, I, it's working for me. And so many of the people, you can go on the BBS and read people who have been talking about it. People have been sharing their stories about Dex C20. It's working. Dex C20. All right, so uh, we continue here. Julia, you're sharing with us an editorial, and I think I've actually just pulled it up myself here. Uh, It's on the uh, Students Against Destructive Decisions website, SAD. And essentially, this guy's trying to paint a picture of a world gone mad, a world gone insane due to Massachusetts and a handful of other states decriminalizing marijuana possession. The children are going to perish. All of our freedoms have been destroyed. Or whatever. They're just trying to paint this bleak, dreary picture of how terrible terrible it is going to be because now, instead of being thrown in a prison cell in Massachusetts when they find you with less than an ounce of marijuana, you'll be issued a ticket 
and you'd be let go on to wherever it was you were going. So apparently this is going to result in uh, children everywhere deciding to try marijuana for the first time. Because uh, they're not anyway. Right, because their friends uh, before this had never offered it to them, and now because uh, it's only a $100 ticket, everybody's going to start carrying marijuana with them and offering it to your children. They they may very well, um, and, and who knows how old a child is. Uh, you, likely you're thinking of a six-year-old when you say child, but people are thinking of their 16- and 17-year-olds, and... You know, I, when I think about it, marijuana, less destructive than alcohol. Did you try alcohol? Did you try marijuana? Or is your life destroyed? It's probably better if you help your kids through this. Become a resource for yeah, them. Absolutely. I doubt uh, students against destructive decisions wants kids drinking alcohol either. And They don't. I looked yeah. on their website. Well, yeah, oh, absolutely they they don't. But the, the idea that you're going to stop people well, from doing these things is just ludicrous. Right. And the suggestion is that they're uh, trying to help p- kids prevent destructive behavior, right? So I, I was reading through their website and I found some like question and answer section and there there was one answer a lady was concerned about her 20-year-old drinking alcohol and they came down <laughs> on that. So are you telling me That's that illegal. alcohol is not destructive as the day you turn 21 all of a sudden yeah. it's not destructive? Right, and that's the, um, you, you know, there's kids drinking uh, in in the basement and stuff like. There was one story like that. You know, the whole idea that you you're going to keep your kids from doing this it's just so silly. You're living in a fantasy land, we and it's so to, pie like, in the sky. We used to actually, all my friends' parents, my parents didn't drink alcohol very rarely. They certainly didn't have any in the house for me to steal, but. All of my friends' parents did, and we would steal their liquor and replace it with water. So it just really? resulted in their liquor being watered down and gross, probably. Well, here, you see, this is the funny thing, is my parents didn't drink, but they had liquor in the house for when guests came. Okay. Now, so the, here's this liquor. So they didn't even notice. That, right. Here's this liquor that never gets used. That Smirnoff <laughs> silver was all water. All the whole <laughs> <laughs> So is there more to this, uh, this story, Julia, you want to yeah. share? Um, the Committee for a Sensible Marijuana Policy, which backed the measure, points proudly to the monetary savings for police departments, never mind the total national economic costs of drug abuse or the obvious cost shifting to an already over- overburdened health care system. For example, Massachusetts Coalition for Safe Streets says that marijuana is already a primary factor in juvenile ER admissions. This is... Baloney. What? Show me any evidence anywhere that suggests that anybody is in the hospital for marijuana. That's laughable. Now, it may very well be true because, uh, you know, kids don't know what they're going to be dealing with when they get stoned. So it's it's possible. Remember, they're dealing with... uh, Their friends are teaching them how to do drugs. That's a problem. So... You don't know. They don't know what they're going to be um, dealing with. They may smoke too much. Wouldn't it be better if the first time you smoked marijuana, you took one puff instead of smoking a whole joint? Because sort of when you hear about joint, and it was fine. Well, I, dude, I was so messed up the first time I smoked pot <laughs> that I almost turned the car into uh, on Highway yeah, 41 into probably a, shouldn't have been driving. a plate glass window and uh, you know right. wrecked it with everybody <laughs> in there. That's what I'm saying. I love hearing these stories about young Mark driving around high and <laughs> crashing all over the place. A 1984 uh, Toyota Camry, uh, the sparkling bronze color. But the you know the. Um, the the you want parents parents should be there to help their kid through this. What would be, what would have been better? Me learning how to smoke pot from you know these these 
Mohican kids in um, you know, 1986 or whatever um, while out driving my mom's car, or if mom had said, sit down and I don't know much about this pot stuff, but we're going to figure it out together. Yeah. I think the latter would be preferable. Uh, according to, um, you know, what it says here in your story, Julia, is that it's a primary factor. Marijuana is a primary factor in juvenile ER admissions. Don't believe it. Right. So this, uh, but I'm thinking, I don't maybe know what they, that means. Maybe primary they, factor. you know, they, they get scared, they get hi- they hyperventilate, um, ha- heart palpitations, no. that kind of thing. No, no, so that no. they go and check themselves no, in. No, that's not what's I, happening. That's not what's happening. What's happening is they're coming into the ER for whatever the reason is. Getting drug asked, tested. Or they're being either tested or they're being asked, you know, were you doing any drugs tonight? And since marijuana is relatively popular, yes, I did some marijuana. It doesn't necessarily. Then they blame it on that. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. It's the live Thanksgiving Day edition of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and those features include the archives and the wiki and the updates. We give it all away. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. So enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. Also, uh, be sure you check out the Free State Project. It's your only choice Uh, If you want to achieve liberty in your lifetime, we believe this is your best option. Head over to freestateproject.org to learn more about what the Free State Project is. It's uh, In a nutshell, it's 20,000 liberty-loving individuals all moving to the same place uh, in order to get active for freedom. And we want you to be one of those 20,000. Oh, hundreds have moved already. Will you be next or sooner rather than later coming to New Hampshire? Join us at freestateproject.org. Org. As we continue here uh, discussing marijuana prohibition, or that's what these people would like, the Students Against Dangerous Decisions or Destructive Decisions has uh, put out an op-ed trashing on uh, the new medical, or not mer- medical, it's a marijuana decrim ballot measure that passed with, I would say, by with flying colors uh, down there in Massachusetts, then making a, uh, a very positive decision in my book to help reduce the harm that this war on drugs is doing to people. But SAD says, bad decision, bad choice, marijuana dangerous, children will die. Uh, so, <laughs> well, what I want to know is... If this is supposedly what the people want, right, if a majority of the people voted on it, then supposedly this is what people want. How pompous are you to go ahead and tell me what's right for me and, you know, what what would have been the better decision to make? It's pretty pompous. You know, it, it, it's it's sort of it's funny when you when you see people talking about in a democratic process talking about bad decisions um, of the government, and then you realize that those same people support a democratic type government. Now, certainly, they just can, don't like it when their decisions don't right, get it. Like, oh well, this isn't what we wanted. You Come know, on. it's really great when I get to shove my rules down somebody else's throat and make them live the life that I want them to live. Yeah, but when they turn the tables, then all of a sudden, uh, you whoa, this bad is bad decision. Uh, you know, we'll get back you to your story. You guys voted the wrong way. Sorry. I want to get back to your story, Julia, but I want to go to uh, the phones here. Ray's been waiting patiently in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ray. Hey, Ray. You're on the air. Ray, you got to be listening on the phone, not on the radio. Let's put him back on hold. 
put Ray on hold and try Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Todd. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, the um, hot situation that you guys were bringing up on the show tonight. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but on Election Day here in Michigan, uh, medical marijuana passed here by a huge margin. We uh, There's a ballot measure that uh, passed by over 63% from the electorate. Wow. And, yeah. And um, here's the thing. We're the, we're the 13th state, and it would help as many as 50,000. I thought residents. that was the 14th state. Michigan, the 14th Actually, state. I, 13th. I thought Rhode Island was 13th. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, a patient who's covered by the law would be legally allowed to have two and a half ounces of pot or cultivate up to 12 plants wow, in that's a great. closed, locked facility. Fantastic. Closed, yeah. locked facility. The only, bad, the only bad part about this law is that it would issue them a state ID card. They would have to hand it on to them in order to get permissions by the doctor to prescribe it to them. Sure, but like California. I guess, they, I, I guess they had to do this in order to get this law passed. So yeah. that was a, a very huge compromise. And um, it was actually opposed by the cops. Um, of course it was. Business groups and health organizations. So This really rains yeah, on the uh, cops' parade. I mean, the, one of the things they're pissed about in Massachusetts uh, is because now they are upset considering that the, this is now a uh, essentially if you get caught with marijuana it's essentially a violation they issue a ticket and then you, you sort of move on um, but the cops are upset now because they're saying well this makes our job more difficult we've got uh, we've got to have a brand new form for this and then we're to, we're going to have to give our, co- our cops uh, scales oh please they've got no and, problem giving out tickets well and, and you know if they weren't doing that part of their job in the first place if they weren't going around harassing people for having a plant uh, on their on their person or, or in a in a car, if they weren't doing that in the first place, then their jobs wouldn't be more difficult. They could make their jobs a lot easier just by saying, "Hey, uh, we're going to just stop enforcing this bad law. Let's only look for violent people." Their jobs would be a hell of a lot easier in that particular case. So, to you know, to, to quit crying me this river that oh God, our uh, officers will have to start carrying scales. How are they going to know if it's an ounce or less, or how are they going to you know? know? I used to hear the uh, the correctional officers in prison constantly talking. About about uh, you know they 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 would you'd hear him all the time say in regards to a convict saying something or others he's like you're just job security you're going to get out and do it again and come back they were sort right. of you know tactically rooting for you to commit crime I against bet. your neighbor or you know I who knows what exactly but they were just essentially sitting there and saying yeah come on commit crime come on back and in the same way I, I imagine some police officers say well we got to keep pot illegal bread and butter. Uh, the, 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 well, police, you know, the police I union, you know, dad, uh, for many years, uh, for you know, for a couple of, uh, I guess maybe about a year when I was in high school, uh-huh. and for them to actually push for um, marijuana prohibition is not surprising because first they started with alcohol, now they're going after pie, and next thing you know, what are they going to go after next? Caffeine? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Who knows? I mean, oh, we got problems if they try to take away my <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> yeah, really. Very good, Todd. Anything else on your mind? Well, um, I just think that uh, this is a right step in the right direction, although I'm not a fan of uh, you know registering people who want to get pot for medicinal purposes. But I think, you know, by and large, the measure was actually pretty good in the long term. 
Uh, the more but, that we can have in going in that direction, the better. I agree with you. It's certainly not good to have people being cataloged by the state. However, at the same time, it does the give them an easy it does give them an easy out from uh, if they are being harassed by the police. Essentially, they get to flash their badge back and say, "Hey, I'm approved. Get out of my face." So, I, you yep. know, I kind of understand where they're coming from on that. But uh, certainly, the ideal situation would be to end prohibition entirely. Uh, we're working on that. Thanks for the call, Todd. Appreciate hearing from you as always at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We uh, let's try Ray back. I don't I don't know if Ray's still there. Ray in Texas. Ray, are you there, buddy? Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Oh. Here you are. Go ahead. Hey, well, uh, I just wanted to turn it down. Yes, turn it uh, down. That's a good idea. Uh, I have great respect for Alex and, and all he's doing. Uh, also, Alex who? Alex who? Alex Jones. Okay. okay, you're talking about another talk show host. Okay, go ahead. Well. Yeah, yeah, and and also Naomi Klein. She is the woman who was uh, the, 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 sort of the woman who's outing the Bush administration as being fascist. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, she's. Uh, do I have the wrong talk show? You are listening to Free Talk Live. You're on Free Talk Live, where you can call and talk about anything. So, what do you, uh, you know, what did you want to say? Okay. Okay. I I was uh, listening to the Alex Jones show. But I thought that was right for them. Hey, anyway, uh, right. I was listening to what y'all were saying about the the pot thing. You know. Yes, sir. Yeah, in Texas, it's uh, you can't do that. <laughs> they don't let you do that. Well, you can but, do what you want to do. It's just that if they catch you, they'll put yeah, you in a prison. Cell. Texas is pretty law and order state. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, or at least law. Don't worry, I'll do it. Hey, Ray, thanks for the call. Appreciate the update from the land of Texas. So uh, Ray's letting us know it's illegal in Texas to have pot. Thanks. Excellent. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, it's funny. When people call our show, the board operators make it pretty clear that they've called Free Talk Live. Yeah, sometimes, you know. But yet some people, they just don't pick up on it. I don't know why. Like, wait, what, what radio station am I on? Yeah. What, what's going on here? What day is this? Well, you know, it's amazing how people uh, that are listening to audio content aren't always listening closely. Uh, one of the things in the in the radio industry you want to do is impress your call letters upon listeners as much as you can, so hopefully they can recall them if they ever are or ever send an Arbitron diary in which they can then write down what station they're listening to. You'd be amazed at uh, how many people just have no idea what station they're listening to. They yep. just have no clue. Even if they listen on a regular basis, they they might not even know. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Just head over to promote.freetalklive.com. Dot com. You'll learn various different ways, most of them completely free, a few of them very low cost, how to get the word out about Free Talk Live, get more ears tuning into this show. Head over to promote.freetalklive.com. As we rejoin the conversation, uh, continue the conversation that we were having earlier based on an article written by one of the, I guess, the head agent 
uh, the head guy over at the Students Against Destructive Decisions organization, uh, tra- essentially trashing on Massachusetts residents for voting in favor of reducing penalties for marijuana possession, decriminalizing from making it an arrestable offense to now only an offense that will – possession of an ounce or less will result in a $100 ticket. So a small step in the right direction, and the Students Against Destructive Decisions is acting as though this is the beginning of the end for the well, entire world. He claims all kinds of things, but one of their biggest arguments is obviously it's for the children. What kind of a message are we sending if we're – you know, if we are we telling kids that sh- – that marijuana is okay, but do we tell kids that tobacco is okay? Do we tell kids that alcohol is okay? How about huffing paint? Do we tell kids that that's okay, too? Because it's well, legal. You can go buy some uh, spray paint tonight. Yeah, one could one could make the argument that paint's used for something else, but cigarettes are used for smoking. Um, alcohol yeah. is used for drinking. I mean, that's, that's the prescribed purposes, and they're not illegal. I think that um, I, I think that most people who are for alcohol, uh, you know, decriminalization are probably for uh, some kind of age limit on people doing, or excuse me, for marijuana de- decriminalization are probably for some kind of age limit. I'm not for that age limit because I don't think it makes much sense. Um, I think parents can handle that age limit on I their agree. own, but you know, the, the whatever the case may be. Having it having an age limit is something entirely different than what we've currently got, where we throw people in jail. You, yeah. Now, were you, when you you said you were in jail, were you in jail for, with anyone for marijuana? Yes. Uh, one of the guys in my cell was in. It was his third arrest for marijuana, and as he pointed out. He every time he'd been arrested for marijuana, it had been no more than a bowl pack. I got arrested for marijuana with no more than a bowl pack twice. Yep. And so it was his third time. So he was in for 30 days. Uh, they apparently were, were going to let him out after 20 days. So he was serving 20 days on a 30-day sentence for marijuana. So the people it's crazy. That's going to teach him a lesson. He's not going to smoke marijuana anymore. Oh, I could tell you, all he was talking about was wanting a cigarette and you know hit off a bong. When the he people got of out. Cheshire County have to uh, pay to keep this guy in Correct. jail. I don't know how much money they're going to be extracting from over from him in the long run, but likely uh, it, it it isn't going to pay no. for his entirety of his uh, jail term. What you have is you have this organization, uh, you know, of peace officers that has morphed into this ex- this growing entity that. Uh, they just sucks off of people's vices. They're not peace officers if they, they're throwing they were people once. in jail. I said they have morphed, and, okay. and th- that's you know that's the idea is that they've changed into something else. Yes. And th- the reason is is because the American people allowed them to start enforcing, uh, you know, the will of the majority of voters on other people. That's wrong. The fact is, I have to pay to keep this guy locked up over something I wouldn't lock him up for. Yep. And he's gonna, he has to pay some money, and it all goes to employ bureaucrats that do little. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Uh, Julia, more from the story? Uh, yes, it says, he says here, um, emergency department episodes involving marijuana have almost tripled from 1994 to 2002, according to... Emergency department? <laughs> yeah, I think he's talking about hospitals. Okay. Um, this is according to some bureaucracy. I think alphabet. there's a new. I think that the explanation on that one is that there's some sort of mandate on many uh, medical facilities to report 
the uh, drug usage right. of their patients. And it, it says here next, um, in fact, all youths ages 12 to 17 in drug treatment in 2000, um, 62% of them were marijuana diagnosis. They've been forced in. Exactly. That's a skewed... Um, I guess cons- they it's came to a legit, skewed right. result. It's not legit at They're all. They're not there by their voluntary choice. They're not there to re- right. rehabilitate themselves. These are kids themselves. who got arrested. That's correct. And they were told that if they wanted to avoid going to jail, then they could take you know treatment as an option. And so, so they check into this BS program for treatment of marijuana addiction when, in fact, they have no interest in being there and they might be completely fine. It's just they got popped with a joint. They have no, they have no addiction to it necessarily. Uh, but they're forced into that treatment program, so therefore they're counted as a statistic and then touted by organizations that are less than honest like this one. So I imagine that the use of the, the, the amount of people who or the amount of teenagers who go to the emergency room for marijuana really go to the emergency room for something else. But maybe they have marijuana in their system because sure. marijuana is a drug that stays with you. Yeah, if that's you true, do it too. Frequently. So if they are testing people and it's and as we've gotten calls recently where they'll just run tests on people without their consent. They'll just run drug tests on people. Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, these numbers you're talking about. But dollars don't equal cents in this equation, Ian. What really matters is the health and safety of our children. Our children. Well, and, and then what you're taking for granted is that uh, somehow making marijuana, having keeping marijuana illegal or, or upping the uh, the penalty is keeping our children safe and healthy. No. You know, if if that's the case, why not make it the death penalty? Would that keep your children safe and healthy, or would they die at the hands of the government? Instead, they die a slow death where they're put in jail cells and they're robbed of their life. I mean, they're not, they're not dead when they get out, but they don't get that time back. They've had their lives stolen from them, and that is in no way going to help anybody uh, live a better life. I mean, this guy that I was in jail with uh, that was in there for the bowl pack in for 20-something days – Luckily for him, he had the ability to know in advance that he was supposed to go to jail, and and he had time to kind of get his affairs in order to where his girlfriend, for instance, went and installed a uh, – she had a phone line installed just so he could call her from the jail cell and stuff like that. So he had the opportunity to sort of put things in place, but either way, even if you – most people aren't. They don't have that opportunity. They're just thrown in the. They get caught on right. the side of the road and they're thrown in a jail cell. Thank so, you. so this guy had the opportunity to sort of put things in place, but that doesn't mean that it's okay. That doesn't mean that what they're doing to him is all right. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's any easier for his uh, his girlfriend to handle that situation, or if he had a kid, which he didn't have a kid, but the other two guys that were in there on related drug related charges, uh, they had kids. Doesn't mean that their uh, that their families are going to have a better time simply because he had ten days to get ready to be thrown in that prison cell. I mean, it's just so tragic what is going on here. And the fact that people like uh, the Students Against the Dr- uh, Dangerous Decisions or MAD or, or the, the police chiefs or whoever it is that's against drug decriminalization, the fact that they could be so callous towards their fellow human being over what it is that they choose to put in their bodies, I just don't understand I choose it. alcohol. You choose marijuana. Pfft. Yeah. Yeah, there really is that kind of attitude of, well, well, what I do is legal, and you are just, you're just an illegal. You're an illegal. I mean, that's kind of the attitude, right? It's like, well, we, we're law-abiding, and you're not. <laughs> is there more, Julia? 
Oh, well, there's actually lots more, but one of the things I'm going to kind of skip ahead here Please. is talking about risks of uh, marijuana, and their list of risks mm. include deteriorating school performance, disrupted relationships, depression, suicide, and crime. Sex with blacks and Hispanics. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> what they tried to tell you. old ones. Yeah, that's what they tried to tell you in the 30s. Yeah, as, what kind of crime is committed by people that are smoking Smoking pot. marijuana is a crime oh, that well, these that. days. Yeah, so, right. yeah, there's that. Uh, suicide? Uh, I've never... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that one. Well, this is more of the, the realm of... And, and you've touched on this before, where if you are depressed loser and you pick up a bong when you put the bong down you're still a depressed loser who happens to be high right. whereas if you're somebody who is uh competent you pay your bills you're uh you're a winner well, you pick up a bong and put it back down you're still a winner you still the, got your it's bills it's the causation paid. correlation thing that we see over and over again some kids smoke pot some kids don't some kids eat meat some kids don't. Yeah. Some kids commit suicide. Some kids don't. So if you can somehow correlate that uh, some kids commit suicide, more kids that commit suicide eat meat than don't, then then th- the fact is meat causes suicide. No, it's absolutely ludicrous. And the causation correlation that this guy, you know, that, that, that uh, this guy's putting together here is nonsense. I can actually say that my younger brother had a lot of problems when he was younger mm-hmm. mentally, a lot of uh he was angry. I, yeah, he was he was very angry. angry. But um, my parents put him through a lot of counseling, and he was on a lot of drugs, uh, anti-depression drugs. Mm-hmm. And eventually, he made the decision to take himself off the drugs and started smoking marijuana instead. And I'm sure there's a number of contributing factors to him being a totally different person now. But I can tell you, the marijuana really mellowed him out, and I, I think did a uh, prevented him from killing himself when he was a teenager. Barry Cooper from memberGetBusted.com, uh, he said the same thing. He had an anger problem. Marijuana changed that for him. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.